is the Missional Adventure Podcast, telling inspirational stories of Baptists embracing adventure in the mission of God. This is the 17th episode of the Missional Adventure Podcast. Sarah and Barney Barron talk about their call to Lou in Cornwall. Having previously pioneered a new church community in Portsmouth, they unpack the principles behind their new role as missional listeners and what it involves. You can get future episodes as soon as they're released every two weeks by searching for Missional Adventure in your favourite podcast provider or on your smartphone or tablet. Or visit our Facebook page by typing in Missional Adventure and post on social media with the hashtag Missional Adventure. Welcome to this episode of the Missional Adventure podcast. I'm Susie and with me today are Barney and Sarah Barron. Morning guys. Hiya. Hi. Good morning. Welcome. It's great to be chatting with you today. Uh, both Barney and Sarah are both Baptist ministers who between them have a wealth of experience in pioneering and church planting across a, a wide variety of contexts. But today we're hopefully going to be hearing particularly about your most recent journey in uh, moving to Cornwall a couple of years ago as uh, missional listeners and uh, we're looking forward to hearing you explain that a little bit further and what's been happening for you guys over the last couple of years. But I perhaps wondered to begin with, would you be able to kick us off just by describing where exactly you are in Cornwall, what it's like, perhaps briefly what what prompted that that move for you guys there a few years ago? Okay, we live in uh, Loo in Cornwall. That's not far over the border into Cornwall, southeast Cornwall on the coast. It's a fishing town, though fishing is less than it used to be. And it's a town because it has lots of holiday makers, otherwise it will probably still be a village. It's a population of about five and a half thousand people, the static population. They reckon it goes to about 18,000 in the summer months. So wow. uh, it's, it's a very different place in the summer than it is in the winter. And I guess what brought us here is an interesting question. We looked at a map of deprivation for Cornwall and picked out most deprived areas and went to look at them. And I guess there was a sense of this is the place when we came here. We literally stopped for an hour because parking was only for an hour and we didn't have any more cash. We walked around the town and it just has, it has a bit of a life of its own. That was something that really struck us it had a sense of community and the fishing kind of gives it a sense of it's got something more than just tourism yeah we walked to the beach and had a little wander along kicking our feet in the water and just met some friends from Birmingham there completely out of the blue and it just felt like a real moment where God was saying this is a place that you could be safe and where you could come and explore and do something Amazing. I, I think what preceded the, the, you know, what came before that was, we, so we were on a, an urban estate near Portsmouth, where we've been for 16 years. Um, and I, 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 you know, I was commissioned by Urban Expression to look at uh, rural, um, coast, sorry, coastal towns and villages 
along the south coast because we'd come from we'd started our ministry and adult life in a rural context and and I guess you know before then Cornwall to me had always been a beautiful coastal place that we came on holiday as I, I went on this research from Hastings to Penzance and I remember on the train traveling through Cornwall and and thinking you know what a, what a wonderful place aesthetically but then reading these statistics interviewing people along the way and realizing actually I mean I don't think many people realize Cornwall is the the most economically deprived county in England and realizing actually beneath the surface of this beautiful holiday place lays some real challenge and opportunity and and also a sense of I think the church has been in retreat here in many ways it's been a, a stronghold of Methodism but but you know the Methodist church um, and the traditional churches are are struggling for all sorts of reasons in some of these Cornish communities really. That's a, that's painted a brilliant picture there I think for those who don't know the area uh, you just described that really well especially for you know those who've have like you say just just seen it and just been through as as you say that the holiday maker it's a it's a very different viewpoint isn't it um, mm. living somewhere uh, you you mentioned that you were in Portsmouth before for for some time wasn't it I think you were there 16 years 16 years you, you said you were yeah. there I know you were part of a, a church plant kind of fresh fresh expression would that be fair to say of Church. Yeah, emerging church they <laughs> called it in the day. But... <laughs> it resulted in a church community thing. But however, when you when you moved on from there, when you felt this call and prompting, you it sounds like you you didn't come in or, or move in to plant a church to start, or was that what you felt, or has it been something different? I think what we learned from our previous experience was um, we, we went with an aim of church planting. And although, I, you know, kind of we wanted to plant something that, that was, I guess, the language of the time was seeker sensitive. We, we kind of had no idea what that would look like. And I guess we had still quite had quite a traditional idea of church in our minds. But, but what happened you know, and I'm not telling that story today, but but basically was a a multi-voice, you know, kind of community in a in a community cafe that looked very different. So when we moved to to Lou in Cornwall, I think some one of some of the lessons we'd learned, or one of the biggest lessons we'd learned along the way, is actually that need to be attentive, that need to. I think we, you know, we come into a new place. We don't know this place. We don't know this community. We can look at the statistics, which which gives you a feel for the community, but you don't really know the heartbeat of this place. And I think it's also having a, you know, as as churches, missionaries, as whatever you want to call it, we we've tended to be to have a bit of a saviour complex of we're coming here and we're going to rescue. And I and I think actually what we've recognised is the realisation that actually, however long we're in Lou, we're here for a fleeting moment in God's story, in the story of Lou. And that that humbles but takes away some pressure. Actually, in coming to this place, it's having that humility that that we're entering part of God's story, but it but it is this kind of it's part part of God's story we are God's story in this place and so it's having 
is coming as guest to this community. It's coming in that position of, of learner to kind of learn about this community from the community and and that that sense of you know just observing and being attentive to the community and to to the work of the spirit here and and finding out you know what what our role is well what play what part that we play but but i think out of that what we've described as missional listening actually it becomes what we found is it, it becomes an invitation to work with the community rather than do to or for the community and I think that's a big a big difference and a more powerful witness in the long run. That's that's fantastic you've, you've touched on what I was I was going to going to ask that really about this this term of missional listening I introduced you as as missional listeners but uh, I thought you know for 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 the benefit of those listening to this podcast you know it would be be good to unpack that and to describe that that term you, you've given a good good description there was that was that a term you were familiar with actually before you were you embarked on on this or, or do you find other language helpful for describing what what you're doing as as well yeah I mean it, it, it it's interesting isn't it because I you know I there are all sorts of terms used as I, I intimated you know when we started out people were talking about emerging church and then it was pioneers and and you know I, I guess a part of pioneering has, has started to be described as missional listening and I think there's strengths and weaknesses in all of those labels and terms. I think what most excites me as, as somebody who also kind of supports pioneers is is actually when you find people that are just getting on with what God has called them to do which to us looks like pioneering but to them they've never even heard that label so so it's that sense of yeah sometimes those those terms can be helpful to describe and articulate what we're doing but I think you know I don't want to be bound by labels and presumably on on a ground level on a day-to-day level that might that language might be totally irrelevant or or even unhelpful for those that you're spending you you know your time time with on on that note you know on a a practical level what does the the day-to-day kind of look like for you at the, mo- at the moment, I probably should say for, for the benefit of the listeners that we're recording this in, in January 2021. We've just entered this week for a third lockdown across the country. So we're, we're very aware as we chat that the, the last year is perhaps looking <laughs> abnormal in, in many ways. But are there some kind of practical elements, day to day routines? What, what kind of fills your, your time or has filled your time? I guess when we came, we just spent time being local, you know, walking to the town, buying food in the town, just getting to know people, introducing ourselves to some of the people that might know what the community was like and asking them about what it's like to live here and what some of the joys and concerns might be in this community which I guess some of which you can see through the statistics. There's a lot of single home around here. There's just one person living in a place. So then you can see that maybe there's issues of loneliness and isolation, which there definitely is. But also there's kind of a difference between what goes on in town and what happens up on the top of the hill, which is where most of the people who service town live because they can't afford houses that are in the town where it's pretty. 
yeah so I guess we just spent time getting to know people Barney became a governor at the school which gives us another place just to be and obviously our youngest child was at senior school when we first arrived as well we, we learn about the place, not just through the people, but also through just recognising where things happen, who's important in town, who are the gatekeepers and the people, you know, who are going to be the people of peace who help us to fit in, feel part of the community. Uh, so we got involved in groups and just, you know, what's already happening and my favourite of those, though it hasn't been meeting very much over the last year, is a knit and natter group, a group of older ladies who all, for different reasons, are on their own. And none of them have been able to teach me to knit, but they said I was really good at nattering, so they let me stay. Um, <laughs> and that's been a great place, but all sorts of things have come about on, on the way, okay. which have filled our time. Yeah, in the, before the, the first lockdown in March, we were, uh, so out of our listening, we, we'd kind of come across the fact that there was a real lack of youth provision, and we both have a, a background in youth work, so thought, you know, m- maybe this is something that we could involve ourselves in. There was one youth club running, it wasn't wasn't very good, <laughs> and it was understaffed and under-resourced, so I, I offered to to kind of serve there as a volunteer, and just after all my sort of DBS and, and stuff had come through. They they then shut the doors. That was December 2019. So we then set about setting up a, a charity to provide youth work here. And we were due, we, we have another local charity that had paid for, or leased a building for us to, to, to use. And as I say, we're due to open March 2020 and then, and then went into lockdown. But that's given us time to to build some stronger links with the school and with we've done done some detached youth work. So we we're hoping. Yes. We've yes. just registered as a charity. We're hoping soon we'll be able to open and offer various sort of youth provision, and that will grow and develop as as we listen to the young people that come through our doors. So that's hopefully going to be a key outcome of our listening in the future. Brilliant. Oh, that's yeah, that's amazing. And that you know is still there and, and ready to to kind of go go with obviously the need will still be <laughs> the same if if not more and uh, you know increased after after this time but I understand that you have a kind of mixture of support and and funding that has, has sent you into this role from urban expressions from rural ministries from the, the Baptist Union as well as other private kind of resources and and income that you have as well I just wondered is is that kind of cross support is that as important to you in your approach to linking with other churches in the town do you think it's important to to link across churches have you have you been involved in that during your time so far yeah absolutely so I, I mean in terms of the financial support I think you know it gives us a freedom we're not we're not kind of linked to one one source of income and I think you know what we've seen one of the challenges for a lot of pioneers I think is is you know kind of a a short term you know often five years of full-time funding from one stream and it kind of feels like a cliff edge when you get to the five years and and I think any pioneer would know it and in the these days it takes a lot more than five years to you know you're just getting going so so but also actually the what 
you know, in terms of support, that means all sorts of things, doesn't it? And actually, in our connection with rural ministries and urban expression and Baptist Union and, and locally Saltash or more locally Saltash Baptist Church and, and individuals that support us and are part of this, this the, the team, I guess, in that sense, I, I think grows and strengthens who, who we are and what God is doing in this place. In terms of locally, we, we were very uh, clear that even before we came, we contacted local church leaders uh, and a, there's a local Christian charity called Rusty Bucket. And we we really wanted to engage with them and find out, you know, how we could serve with them rather than them feel like we're coming in as as competition. We found a real welcome. So there are two, two established churches, an Anglican parish church and a Methodist URC church. I think, you know, the leaders would say, to be fair, that they're, they're quite elderly, tend to be quite elderly traditional congregations and, and so have kind of struggled in terms of engaging beyond the, the walls of, of church. You know, lovely, faithful people, not terribly missional, shall we say, um, but, but we hold a good relationship with them and... Uh, and, you know, we, we just done a, a, or Sarah, another lady, Naomi, organised an activity over Christmas, which was hosted by one of the churches. And we've always found them supportive in that. Rust, Rusty Bucket, as I say, is a Christian resource charity. They would describe themselves as, I, I think that they are, as a, 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 as a couple that run it, a feeling sort of age and ill health is slowing them down. And so, you know, have been really helpful in terms of, their support and resource but but I guess they feel that we bring some new energy to to the town and to mission here. That's brilliant well that's really really encouraging to to hear and I presume you know with the kind of geographical location the nature of, of where you are as well it's, it's probably even more important isn't it to have that link from different resources different churches as well when yeah, being quite an isolated area it's hard you can't just nip down the road for for too many things <laughs> i presume <laughs> or it's a very long road you've got to, <laughs> got to nip down <laughs> yeah our, our nearest supermarket is just just about half an hour away so <laughs> wow. oh wow oh that that is uh, yeah <laughs> quite tough isn't it yeah, good good for the covid levels though um most good for the covid well, levels yeah most of us <laughs> listening are quite envious of where you have been on the, on the tier system until until recently it's a uh, yeah you've uh, yeah. been an advantage at least yes. <laughs> well you've uh, you mentioned obviously certain things that you're you're looking looking forward to such as like the the, the youth work are there, are there any other things that you're you're hopeful you're you're looking forward to coming up I know it might be hard or vague <laughs> at the moment. I guess over Christmas we ran an advent adventure in the local church and we also got involved in a local initiative to take treat boxes to people who were living on their own or and Christmas presents to some of the children because for lots of people with hospitality so hard hit over the year lots of people are really in dire straits having not earned enough money to get them through the winter and that was you know a really wonderful thing to be involved in but we were also thinking about how in the past I've done Christmas day lunches for those who are on their own how we could do that safely so we did it as a delivery service uh, which worked really well we had like 20 volunteers who 
prep the veg, did socially distanced in a big hall. And then on Christmas Day, you know, a person came and delivered to a person so that they could give them a little bit of time, you know, just brighten their day and bring them food that was hot and ready to eat. And out of that, the, the community's been running some kind of meals on wheels, I guess, but just for a few folk since lockdown, they saw the necessity for that, either when people were sick or on their own or families who were in need. And they're wanting to expand that work. And so they're asking someone to coordinate it. And they rang me up and asked me if I'd be interested in doing that. And so that's a great opportunity to really meet with those in the community who are marginalized uh, which is always a uh, it's easy to get to know the people who are personable and out there but it's much more difficult to meet those perhaps who find life a bit more challenging so I'm kind of excited about that project so they're looking to at the moment they um, delivered 17 people and they're looking for that to be more 35 people so that's an exciting thing I, th I think the other thing that has happened, I, I'm, I wasn't coming here, or we weren't coming here to plant a church. We were quite, quite sure about that, but uh, it's been interesting. So as we moved, or, or shortly after we moved, we began to connect with other people all around the same time who had moved here or, uh, in, in and around Lou um, through various means. So one couple w were retired missionaries with BMS, so BMS connections put them in touch with us. Another couple who were coming from a, a Baptist church in, in Bucks, that they were put in touch with us. Another, another family who were starting a retreat centre just outside of Lou. And, and we've recently had a, a young couple move to, to be here. And we were making these connections with other Christians who had kind of, you know, a real sense of, of a missional heart, who, who, you know, were struggling to fit in, I guess, to engage with some of the more traditional expressions of church here. So that's been really exciting that this group have been meeting and, and actually over you know originally around the campfire at the retreat center but but now over uh, uh, zoom <clears throat> and it's been interesting that over that time people have been joining us locally um and and, and a, you know a couple of people that that kind of don't have faith or, or you know kind of just exploring faith have, have come into that now so that that's quite exciting in terms of seeing where that might go and, and feeling like you know we we haven't planted a church but it, it feels like there's something of a catalyst for something to grow and also actually the the various so as i say one one family run a retreat center the other family or another family have just bought um a, a cafe in lou that has become something of a kind of uh, community hub and they've asked us to have some sort of a chaplaincy role within their cafe so that you know, it it the, the, there's kind of various things that we're involved in individually, but actually support able to help and support one another in that. So it kind of feels whether it's growing into church, there's certainly something of a missional supportive community there. Definitely, by by the sounds of it, really really encouraging, really exciting, and it kind of makes me uh, want to ask for a part two, maybe in a, in a year's <laughs> time to, to hear what, where you're at with, with that one. Because, um, I mean, what's interesting for what you say there is that you've been invited into, into those things as well, echoing what, what you said earlier about that, that important.
importance of, of being a, a guest and so many of those things that you're looking forward to you've been asked to do actually haven't you yeah is is really interesting and um yeah really encouraging to hear as well i'm aware that we should probably be drawing this this podcast i'm afraid to to a close but i wonder just as we do that in passing do you have any particular advice or encouragement to the listeners who may be contemplating something similar to you guys or just wanting to explore that aspect of missional listening perhaps a bit further is there anything that you'd say to encourage them in particular i think that I, I think two things really I think we have we've lived a bit of a mad life really and and God has honored it in the sense of I think we've always tried to discern what God is saying and calling us to do mm. and then worked out the practicalities and logistics of that and and tried not to interfere too much you know sometimes I you know catching myself helping God out and sometimes I just need to to step back but you know we we came here with with you know and we we didn't have massive resource behind us we had no income and God has really honored that and and we've experienced that you know a number of times in life where we've kind of restarted um so yeah there's an element of you know just do it and 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 if you you know if that's what God is calling you to God will um God will honor that I think the other thing in terms perhaps more related to 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 missional listening I, I, I'm an activist and I think most pioneers are activists and I think there's that sense of we we get to a place and we see the needs and the opportunities and there's such a, a natural inclination to just jump in and do and I think you know we we said that we would have at least a year that we didn't do we 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 listened and we were attentive um, and that's really difficult so <laughs> but but actually it's paid dividends in in the sense of actually as you said all, all that we've been in, all that we've talked about today and other things that we've been active in have we've been invited by the community and so there's no sense from the community of you know kind of resistance or uh, you know it, it's been very much as I said at the beginning it's been with the community and, and with the spirit rather than us imposing our own ideas amen well, thank, thank you for, for that that's that's awesome and uh, and thank you for for all you've you've shared today i think it will be of um, real encouragement to so many listening uh, we do pray a blessing over both of you and uh, and your ministry and we genuinely look forward to hearing more in the future as well of how things go but um but for now thank you very much for your time today thank you Thank you, it's been great. At the end of each episode, we want to point you in the direction of a resource that may be helpful in your mission and adventure. So keep listening for even more inspiration. Welcome to 72. 72 is about helping people take their next step in the mission of God. In Luke 10, Jesus appointed 72 believers and sent them on his mission to make disciples. He told them to go and share the news of the kingdom of God with others. At 72, we want to help people to take their next step, to join in with God's mission in whatever setting God has called them to live. These biblical foundations are built on the understanding that we are called to live out the mission of God, shaped by the word of God and empowered by the spirit of God.
72 first emerged from a partnership of Baptist networks in the south and west of England and Wales. It's now a resource for the whole Baptist family and other Christians across England and Wales. It's a small operation, currently envisioned and administrated through the West of England Baptist Network, with regular collaboration with and support from Baptists across the Baptist Union. But what does taking your next step in the mission of God even look like? Well, it looks different for everyone, and we want to help people to go at least one step further than they have so far, and thus hopefully inspire them to take another Our vision is to be a catalyst for a missional movement that sees more and more people going and sharing the good news of the kingdom, that good news being Jesus. We recognise that going and sharing this wonderful news can be daunting and so our aim is to resource, support and encourage church leadership teams and individuals to do this in a way that's right for them. For some, that may be taking the step to follow Jesus. For others, it's about their personal discipleship, getting to know Jesus better and seeing his life reflected in their own. Others are being called to ministry, whether in a voluntary or paid capacity. We want to help them and encourage them to take that step and to make the very best of it. Others still, either alone or as part of a church team, are in positions of leadership, positions of influence. And we want to help each one to be godly leaders who help others take their next step in God's mission. So how can people connect with 72? Well, you can connect through the 72 website, the 72 Facebook group and Twitter. People can connect with resources and information to inspire them and to be moved into action, taking that next step in the mission of God. People are also welcome to get in touch with us directly and we will help them or connect them with someone who can if it isn't us. We have learning communities of Reimagine and Forge and we also encourage you to use the Discipleship Cycle, a simple tool to help individuals and small groups to dwell in God's word and become more and more like Jesus there. If you would find it helpful to have a conversation about 72, please contact us to arrange that. We'd love for you to be in touch. My name is Alex Drew and you can contact me via alex at 70-2.network or you can contact Nigel Coles via nigel at 70-2.network. We look forward to hearing from you and hearing how God is leading you to your next step in God's mission. The Mission on Adventure podcasts have been made possible through funding provided by Baptists Together. The music is from The Adventure, an original song written by Andy Flanagan and recorded by Matt Osgood. Editing of the podcast is by Emma Garner and this has been a River Tree Limited production.